We are live from the great state of Tennessee, home of Andrew Jackson and Miley Cyrus. I'm your host, Patrick Simpson, and this is Paranoid, the podcast where we break down conspiracy theories and separate fact from fiction. So last week's episode was crazier than I ever could have imagined. The podcast has been doing fairly well. I've been trying to get a gauge on what people like. Originally, I had created this as strictly a conspiracy theory podcast as far as like aliens and a little bit of government conspiracy, but I've kind of been opening my boundaries because I'm interested in a lot of stories, especially unsolved mysteries, you know, a little bit of paranormal, a little bit of everything. And for what I've seen based on how many people listen, you seem to prefer the unsolved mysteries, creepy story type thing more than conspiracy theories. So I'm going to do everything. I'm not going to stop the conspiracy theories and alien talk, but there'll be a little bit of mixture of everything, especially unsolved mysteries. Um, Just the amount of reception was just blew away any of my other episodes. I don't know if it was specifically just the case of D.B. Cooper or people just like Unsolved Mysteries. I guess we'll find out later. Um, You can tag me on Twitter or wherever you follow me and you can give me your opinion. I try to ask polls mainly on Twitter as far as topics because, you know, I want you to be listening listening no matter what, but I want you to really be engaged and enjoying what you're listening to, not just listening, just to listen. So I'm going to try to, you know, figure out the formula and see what works out the best. But what it's looking like so far is the unsolved mystery, crazy story type thing. And that's definitely in my realm. The name of the podcast is Paranoid. And Unsolved Mysteries make me paranoid as far as going on trips and doing stuff at night. So it's not too out of my book. So going forward, we'll kind of just go forward and see. So like I said, if you follow me on any kind of social media, just give me a heads up what you kind of prefer. And you can even tell me what your favorite episode is so far. So that way I'm making sure that I'm creating content that you actually are interested in. So today's story of the week comes from... Doc Zayas, sorry if I said that wrong, on Twitter. His Twitter handle is the underscore back underscore alley. And I actually got a really good kick out of this one. I appreciate him sending this to me. So apparently, Elvis Alive Conspiracy explodes with photo of the king after his death. The infamous conspiracy theory that Elvis Presley faked his death to escape superstardom has erupted once more after a man told this site he knew Elvis in Chile after his death and has a photograph of the evidence. All right, so let's look at this. A man has sensationally claimed that he met Elvis Presley after his death in 1977 when he was allegedly living in Chile under the alias of Bill and says he has a photograph to support it. If you did not know, Elvis Presley died from cardiac arrest on August 16th, 1977. Almost, almost anniversary. What's today's date? Oh, wow. It is an anniversary. Um, so this guy says that they worked in, he worked in an office with a guy named Bill, and he always refused to have his photograph taken, but one day 
next to a photocopier in 1994, he got a picture of this guy and the guy told him, okay, well, you could keep this one. So older man appears to be in his 60s. Looks like he's super surprised. Like, why are you taking a picture of me? He has blue eyes, strong jaw, dark hair, which same features as Elvis. And whoever this British website is, they did a reverse image search. And this search did not, this image did not appear anywhere else in the internet. And this guy says there were weird coincidences that Bill and Elvis shared, such as both calling people by the initial of their first name, and they had broken pinkies? Elvis broke his left hand in 1973 while performing a karate chop? What in the world? I mean, I guess maybe this is popular information. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I don't know much about Elvis. But they talk alike. They had the same injury on their left hand, and he believes this guy look like Elvis. Now, I'm looking at this picture of this 60-year-old Bill that's supposed to be Elvis. And, I mean, I don't even know what Elvis is supposed to look like at 60, but <laughs> I, I mean, you'd have to Google this. If you're listening, like if you're really interested, you need to Google and look at this picture. Um, the article is from the Daily Star. And I mean, like I said, I don't know what Elvis was like when he was 60. I don't really know what he looks like. I mean, I look at pictures now, but maybe people that were older than me that actually saw Elvis live or something could look at this and be like, maybe this is him. But I just doesn't look anything like Elvis. At least to me. Like I said, I'm young ish. I went alive and Elvis is alive. So maybe if you're older, look at this picture and be like, hey, those features do actually do look like Elvis. Now, why Elvis chose Chile, of all places, to go to when he could have been in Cuba or some other place? I do not know. I actually plan on doing an episode about this, um, just the episode on celebrity conspiracy theories. You know, all the, the island, magical island that Tupac and Osama bin Laden and all these people are. I don't believe it. I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm a huge conspiracy theorist. There's just some things that I don't believe. And this is near the top. But like I said, no matter what, if you believe it or you think it's funny, tag me in it. You know, I'm not shaming you. I'm definitely not shaming the guy that tagged me in this. I appreciate him tagging me in it. But this is not my realm of conspiracy. But I love talking about it because, I mean, I'm sure there's people that follow me that maybe do believe Tupac is in Yugoslavia somewhere, chilling out and just living a good old life at whatever age he would be now. So if you do believe that, like I said, no shame in your game. That's one thing about this conspiracy podcast. I won't shame you unless, you know, you're talking about something just dangerous that might be harmful to other people. Then I'm going to shame you. But if you just believe something, go ahead and believe it. Tag me in it. Tell me. I'll talk about it on the podcast and I'll give you my honest opinion. But on this one, I'm going to have to say Elvis was not in Chile in 1994 working in an office. That is just my educated guess. Like I said, go ahead if you can find it, read, look at the article, and you can come to your own conclusion. Well, I do plan on recording a lot of well-known and popular cases and theories. I really want to take some time to dig into some theories and stories that are not as well-known. And going into this, I thought that this was one of those. 
But I come to find out that this story is a little more popular than I originally realized. There's a lot of interesting articles and theories on it. And then there's the infamous video that has millions of views all around the world. I had never heard of it. So maybe you haven't. But even if you have, I hope you know, you'll still listen and I'll be able to bring a different perspective for you. It's a story that involves true crime, unsolved mysteries, and even a little bit of paranormal activity. It's a story that will send chills down your spine and leave you with more questions than answers. This is the story of Elisa Lamb. Ellen's video of a Canadian woman uh, adds to the mystery around her death. This, take a look, is 21-year-old Elisa Lamb riding an elevator at the Cecil Hotel in Los Angeles. So she peers out the doors, runs back in, and then presses several buttons. Strange behavior. But what happened afterward is even more bizarre. background information on Elisa. She was a Canadian student at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver. She had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and depression. At the time of the incident, she was on four different, four different medications, which were obviously all prescribed to her. Despite this, she had no prior history of suicidal thoughts or attempts. But as many of you know, you don't always need a history of something for it to be true or for it to happen out of nowhere. She had a personal blog and a Tumblr account where she kept accounts of her struggle with mental health, but slowly started to back off due to the fear that it would interfere with her schooling. So on January of 2013, she decided to go on a trip to California. She wasn't enrolled at school at this time. I think she was planning on taking a semester off. So she just wanted some time to herself. She had visited the San Diego Zoo and posted pictures of her trip on social media, which I'm assuming is Facebook at that time. On January 26, she went to Los Angeles where she stayed at the Cecil Hotel. And this at the time was a hostel style hotel. So you basically shared a room with multiple people. But after a couple of days, her roommates complained about, quote, odd behavior. And she was moved into her own room. We don't really get any kind of specific details on what that behavior was. But based on what we find out next, you know, we can make some assumptions. Elisa's family was very worried about her traveling alone, so she made sure to call them every day just to make them feel better about her being out there. On January 31st, she was supposed to check out of the hotel and head to Santa Cruz next, but they did not get a call from her that day. And her family, you know, knowing how she is, immediately knew something was wrong, and they called the LAPD, and then they also flew into LA to help look for her. The police initially conducted a very limited research, mainly due to the fact that they didn't have probable, probable cause at the time that a crime had actually been committed. So they were able to check some rooms and they actually did check the rooftops, but the dogs that they had did not pick up any kind of scent. So in the following days, flyers went up and it began, began to gain a little bit of traction locally, but still not to where it would eventually be. It wasn't until February 15th that this case would be turned upside down. A week into the search, the LAPD released a video of the last known sighting of Elisa. This video would go viral on YouTube and help make this basically one of the most mysterious cases of all time. Now, I encourage you to go on YouTube and watch this video. It's only about four minutes long, and it's really hard to explain in great detail. But I'm watching it right now, and I'll try to give you a visual of what's going on. 
So this is in the elevator of that hotel that she's staying in. And anybody that's watched any kind of true crime or any kind of documentary knows that CCTV footage is super grainy and hard to see. But considering for the time and the technology, it is good enough, clear enough to see exactly what's going on. So basically, she walks into the elevator and touches all the middle buttons on the control panel. And for whatever reason, the door is refusing to close during all this time. So she peeks her head out, slowly looks both ways. And it was like if she suspected someone was following her. Then she continues to walk in and out, in and out of the elevator, peeping, looking, going back to the corner. And through all this time, the elevator door literally never closes once. And if you've ever been on elevator, you know, they only give you about three seconds before, you know, the elevator is ready to go. This is a four minute video. And during all this time, the elevator did not close once, which is, you know, part of the creepiness of it. And at one point she stops and she starts pointing and talking to someone. But as you can see in the video, there is no one there. This goes on for a couple of minutes before she turns down the hallway for good and the elevators close shortly after that. And like I said, it's kind of hard to describe. You know, I, it's pretty creepy and it's clear that something is going on, which we'll dig more into the video in a minute. But basically it goes viral everywhere, especially in China, where it had eight million views on their website. But despite this video, no one came forward with any new information and there still weren't any leads. So the case had basically gone cold. But while all this was going on, residents of the hotel had been complaining about the taste of the water and along with the low water pressure that was coming from the faucets. So on February 19th, the maintenance crew went to the ceiling to figure out what the problem was. And it is there, inside of a 1,000-gallon tank, the body of Elisa was found alongside with her clothes. It was estimated that she had been in there for about two weeks. And keep in mind, this tank was supplying water to the guest rooms, the kitchen, and the coffee shop. And she was in there, you know, basically this entire time that they were complaining about the water. The L.A. coroner's office concluded that there was no foul play and that it was an accidental drowning influenced by her bipolar disorder. There were zero signs of any kind of assault or suicide or any kind of foul play at all. And then there were no drugs in her system except for her prescription medicine and very, very minimal amount of alcohol, barely enough to even register for anything. So obviously, there's a lot to dissect here. It's not just a clear-cut accident type situation, at least it's not to me. First off, how did she get to the tank? The only stairs that lead up to the emergency exits would have been the ones that like immediately sound the fire alarm. So security or someone that works there would have immediately been alarmed. But what we do find out is there is a fire ladder escape on the side of the building, you know, ones you kind of see in old buildings. And she could have taken that. And at this point, it seems to be the most obvious solution. The problem is, even if she had managed to get up there, it's still a mystery how she got in the tanks. And if you've seen any kind of footage of this, you'll see the tanks are eight feet tall and they're also on top of concrete blocks. The maintenance people themselves needed a 10 foot ladder to get inside. And there's no handles or anything to climb up these water towers. And the lids are also extremely heavy. It's basically a two-person job. And it definitely would have been hard for a woman her size to open. And then once she actually got inside, she also would have to close it. And also, a side note, 
that while her watch and her key card were found in the water tank with her, her phone was never found. It wasn't in her room. It wasn't on the roof. It wasn't anywhere around the hotel. Just something to keep in mind. So, of course, tons of conspiracy theories start popping up trying to solve this. First, you know, we got to dissect the crazy elevator video. It is assumed that she was walking back and forth trying to get the elevator going, which makes sense. You know, maybe she's trying to trigger the sensors or whatever, but still doesn't explain the conversation she had with no one. And most people assume drugs, but there was none found in her system. So the final solution and the easiest solution is that she had a psychotic break due to her bipolar disorder. But she had the drugs in her system. So you would think that her episodes would only happen when she's not on her drugs. And when I say drugs, I mean her prescription medicine. She was taking her medicine at the time. So you would think that since she was on those, that she wouldn't have a psychotic episode. But like I said, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a psycho psychologist. So maybe you still can have breaks while you're taking your medicine. I mean, I would assume so. So I'm not going to claim to know, but it is something to keep in mind that she was actually on her medicine at this time. And the big driving force behind the conspiracies was the hotel itself. This hotel has a really, really, really creepy history leading up to way before this. In 1947, the Black Dahlia was spotted there before her death. And if you don't know who that is, you could Google or you can stay tuned for a future episode that will be coming about that. From 1940 to 1960s, tons of suicides happened there, mainly with residents jumping from their windows. And by like 1957, this hotel was called The Suicide. It was, that was basically the joke around the city. I wouldn't say joke, but that was the phrase around the city, what they were calling this hotel because so many suicides were happening there. One person jumped from their window and landed on another pedestrian walking by, killing both of them. And in 1980, a serial killer named Richard Ramirez, who was known as the Night Stalker, was found to be staying there during his killing spree. Then, in 1991, another serial killer named Jack Unterweger was also found there, and that's where he was hiding out during his killing spree. So as you can see, a bunch of creepy stuff is happening in this hotel. So people, especially people that live there and know about this history, are kind of justified in their suspicion of what's going on. People that believe in hauntings and cursings and stuff like that, they obviously believe that the hotel is cursed and that Elisa was talking to some kind of spirit or something of that sort in the elevator. It's a fun theory to explore, but I'm not going to sit here and say that that happened. Like I said in my last week's episode, when I was talking about Lake Lanier, I believe in bad energy and stuff like that, but you won't really hear much about ghosts or hauntings or stuff like that for me. And not saying that it's not true, that's just not really in my realm of conspiracy. So if that is your thing, you know, feel free to go all in on it. Um, it's not my type of thing, but if that's what you want to believe, I'm not going to judge you, obviously. Other people believe that foul play was involved, and basically there's a killer walking free that had did something to her, took an advantage of her in her bad state, and this guy's just walking free because no one's even looking for a killer. Then most people believe the easiest and simple solution. She just had a mental breakdown and due to some kind of schizophrenia locked herself in the water chamber. Another wild conspiracy is that she was playing the elevator game. 
And in the video, you can see that she's pressing the buttons to all the floors of the hotel. And I won't spend much time on this because this is also kind of in that paranormal, supernatural, crazy realm, but it is worth discussing. The elevator game is basically like playing Blood, Bloody Mary, that game where you say the name in the mirror three times. So the thing you do is you start on the first floor and then you visit every single floor in a specific order. Once you have accomplished accomplish this, it is believed that you will enter another dimension or the more popular theory, some creepy little girl, which kind of sounds like something from a scary movie. This chick, this little girl will be waiting for you on the fifth floor when you open it. You can watch videos on this on YouTube if you really want to see. A bunch of people have tried it and they've seen some things or there's been some weird stuff happen when they've tried this elevator game. I personally would go out on a limb and say this was not the answer. But like I said, if that's more your type of conspiracy realm, go ahead and dig into it and see what you believe. Of course, it's, always, it's something fun to look into. I'm not here to judge. I'm just here to give you the facts and you come to your own conclusions. You can come to any conclusion you want. I'm not going to call you crazy because people already think I'm crazy for thinking the things I think. So you are free to believe whatever you want to believe, and I will encourage you to do so, even if I don't agree. Now, here's where my mind was absolutely blown, and I had to double check like 500 times to make sure this was fake. I searched and searched and looked into this because it just, it just didn't seem real. So during the time of Elisa Lamb's disappearance, an outbreak of tuberculosis happened around the hotel. Okay, so why does this matter? Well, in 2009, a new type of test for tuberculosis was created by using urine samples. The name of this test is called the Lamb Elisa. I want you to think about that. Now, I'm not a scientist, so I didn't know this. Maybe you did. Maybe you went to school for this and you knew about this already. But if you didn't know, you're obviously probably calling BS on this like I initially did. But you Google it. Don't just believe me. Um, it's there. There's actual literature from 2009 confirming this test existed before 2013 with a, when Elisa Lamb died. So we have a tuberculosis outbreak. And somehow the new test a few years prior to this is basically her name backwards, basically. Her name's Elisa Lamb, and the test is called Lamb Elisa. So it could just be one of the biggest coincidences in the history of mankind, and it doesn't really mean anything. Or maybe it's a connection to the hauntings and the people in the paranormal theory world maybe have some merit to this. I'll, like I said, I'll let you decide. I'm not coming to any conclusions for you. I'll just give you the information and let you come to the conclusion for yourself. Now, there is no active investigation into this. It is a closed case, 100%, and it's concluded that it was just an accident by drowning. And they haven't wavered from this at all. They've been lawsuits from the family and even from residents. And through all this, they have stood firm the hotel and the police that this was just a one person doing. So I keep asking myself still, how did she get into the water chamber? Did she really take off her clothes? Because keep in mind, 
She was found naked in the water chamber, but her clothes were also in the water with her. So, in order for this to be true, she would have to climb 10 feet into the chamber, manage to pull on the lid, jump in, and either do all this with the clothes in her arms, or she did this while in the water, which I guess is possible. But it just it just doesn't make any sense. But there's this thing called Occam's razor. And what that means is that the simplest solution is almost always the best. And most people that aren't conspiracy theories, this is what they always throw at me. You know, there's always conspiracies. There's always weird stories. There's always unsolved mysteries. And you kind of just got to refer back to Occam, Occam's razors. There's just a lot of things in this world that don't make any sense. So the easiest, most realistic solution is the one. So if you are to follow this, then you are to believe that she had a mental breakdown. She saw something in the hotel that scared her, and it drove her to run to the roof. From there, she found a way to climb up the water chamber, maybe by using her clothes as some kind of rope or something. And maybe by chance the lid was already open that day. So all she had to do was jump in and close the lid to hide herself from whatever, you know, her schizophrenia was seeing. It's not an easy solution to accept, but it's the only one to accept if you aren't a conspiracy theorist. Then there's the other option, the option that maybe she did see something. Maybe the building is cursed. Maybe there is something sinister moving amongst us right now. That is all I got for today. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at underscore Patrick Simpson. My Instagram is Paranoid with Patrick. There is nothing on there yet. It's completely blank. But if you want to follow it just to get a heads up, you can. I'm always interactive, especially on Twitter. I like to hear a little bit about what you think about this story. I love hearing your theories. If you agree with me, disagree with me. Either way, it's not going to hurt my feelings. I love to discuss these things, so I would love to hear what you got to say. As always, you can tag me in any interesting stories or things you want me to cover. I'm always open-minded. I'm doing this for you. Um, I'm not just doing it for my own entertainment, doing it so people have something interesting to listen to. So I would love to get a gauge on what you find interesting. So if you like this episode, let me know. If you don't, you can also let me know. That way I can kind of figure out a formula of what we're going to do going forward but i'm really excited about where we're going appreciate it, as always if you're for listening if you haven't already subscribed please do that and if you haven't please leave a review on itunes it really helps helps me get seen helps grow this community and we'll be back next monday with a very new episode my name is patrick simpson and this is paranoia